Welcome. We are glad you're with us. Certainly appreciate it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. The Bill Michael Show continues on. We're glad to have you. And uh, just kind of an update real quick. In the uh, tournament, uh, Michigan over Colorado State as of right now, 64-58. Colorado State just taking horrible shots. 3.37 left to go as they go to timeout. 64-58. South Dakota State getting just, uh, well, they've climbed back into it. Give them some credit. Providence seemed to be running away with it for a while, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, South Dakota State's made it a game. 43-37 with 12.21 to go in the contest. Meanwhile, in the first half, Memphis and Boise, Boise State are tied up at uh, 12 apiece, and Norfolk State and Baylor just now getting underway. So there you go. Meanwhile, to talk more about the NFL, uh, our buddy Mark Schofield from the NFL Wire is joining us uh, on the hotline. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be back with you. Glad to have you. So first of all, let me ask you about the Deshaun Watson stuff because it seems like the Atlanta Falcons very quietly, quietly emerged, and now they seem to be some kind of a front runner in all of this. They do seem to be a front runner in all of this. So, you know, it does seem like it's coming down to it looks like three NFC South teams: Carolina, uh, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Obviously, the Saints made some moves from a financial standpoint today, restructuring a number of deals, including Taysom Hill, to create some cap space. But Atlanta seems to be making a push. You know, that's close to where Sean Watson grew up. Obviously, there's some talent on that roster, tight end Kyle Pitts. Um, so it, it seems like they're they've put themselves into a position to perhaps acquire him via trade. Now the question becomes, you know, what happens with Matt Ryan? Does he find a new home perhaps in Seattle, perhaps who knows, maybe in Cleveland because there's the Baker Mayfield situation, which now has to get sorted out and they have to kind of put the toothpaste back in that tube. But it seems like Atlanta's now put themselves in position and we're all waiting to see where Deshaun Watson ends up, which could happen the next couple of hours even. So now, you know, go to the Seattle Seahawks, who I thought were going to be the front runner for Deshaun Watson. I thought they were going to make a move once they got rid of, uh, you know, Russell Wilson. They seemed destined to end up with Deshaun Watson services, and that would leave them scrambling for a quarterback. What are they doing? You know, I think at this point, they're probably looking at maybe a stompy after veteran, maybe just rolling out with Drew Locke for this season. I don't think that's their plan A, but they might have to end up in that road. And it wouldn't surprise me if that spot at number nine in the draft is where the quarterback comes off the board first, whether it's um, Malik Willis. I think that would be the selection for them. But that might be their plan to give sort of a one-year stopgap type of situation and then draft a quarterback at nine and put them in a position to, you know, where they could take their time. Because it seems like, you know, this is a, a rebuild kind of situation now in Seattle. I don't think they're going to sort of rush into anything and try to make some big move where they're going to go out and get a Garoppolo or something like that. It might be just one-year stopgap veteran, even if it's Drew Locke, and then draft a quarterback at nine and start working them into the rotation. Uh, I wanted to talk more about Aaron Rodgers, the contract here. The Packers are up against the cap. We all know it. Randall Cobb takes a little bit less money. Uh, not only does he keep his job with Green Bay, but also Green Bay keeps him around for Aaron Rodgers. You got Devontae Adams in that situation. Give me your thoughts on what the Packers may or may not do if they can do anything at all regarding free agency. Yeah, I mean, they're really sort of hamstrung until they get a Devontae Adams long-term extension worked out. He's indicated, as we all know, 
he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. And as of right now, they've got maybe one million in cap space to sort of work with. And uh, until they sort of come to terms with Adams on an extension that frees up a little bit more room, there's really not so much they can do. Uh, so I, I would imagine that everything that's happening in Green Bay from a front office standpoint is working on trying to get Adams that sort of extension to try to get that wrapped up because until they do that, though, they they can't really do too much. Maybe, you know, as you get as we get sort of into next week and we get really near the end of free agency, you might be able to bring somebody in on a one term deal for, you know, not a lot up front, a lot of incentive laden stuff where you still get some time to wiggle that out. But until the Adams situ- situation is sorted out, there's not too much they can do. The big the big piece was those two players, Rogers and Adams. You got Rogers in now you're going to figure out Adams. You know, obviously they bring Carson Smith back. Zedarius is now in Baltimore with the Ravens, where he began his career. But it's really the Adams piece now that it's left on, on a top there to-do list. Um, I'm getting from Ryan Evans, who says the blockbuster, after weeks of negotiation in one of the largest trades in NFL history, the Houston Texans and Saints have agreed to terms for the deal involving the three-time Pro Bowl quarterback Deshaun Watson per sources the trade is pending physical and Watson's approval there we go well there you go um you know and it seems like like we were just talking about that New Orleans was really sort of making that push um report that you know Watson was going to meet with Gail Benson the owner in New Orleans the Saints clearly with a need at quarterback um we wait to you know if the report is accurate we wait to see the terms of the trade what New Orleans right. would have to give up in terms of would they have to give up blue chip type players. Um, the Texans have reportedly agreed to the terms that were offered by teams like Atlanta, by teams like Carolina, by teams like New Orleans. Now we wait to see what, what, what it costs for the Saints to go get Watson, who, again, extremely talented quarterback. Um, there's obviously the ongoing legal situation. He did sort of um, get good news last week from that standpoint with respect to the criminal side of it with the grand jury not returning indictments. Still, a case does remain ongoing. The NFL could step into a suspension, but the Saints seem okay with it um, from their perspective. Even if, it's, if even if a suspension comes, now we wait to see what they had to give up to go get Watson. Yeah, I don't even know if this is a real. Uh, I'm checking to see if this is even a real account, so I will we'll hang on to it. But that's. Right. I would assume that's dry. It would be dropped by somebody other than just him. And it's not right. yet, so we'll, we'll wait yeah, and see. I'm, I'm scrolling through my Twitter timeline as well, Bill. I'm not seeing anything else, so yeah, you know, maybe that maybe that's not legitimate. But we know that the Saints are in on this. We know that from other other reporting, Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network, who obviously a longtime Houston reporter before moving to PFN, who has a lot of sources inside that Texas building. You know, he knows where this is at. He's been pretty much on top of the story. You know, he talked about the, the Browns meeting that basically let us all know when that ended. Um, mm-hmm. And Aaron Wilson, is, he was among those who reported today that he was Watson was going to meet with Gail Benson. And so the Saints are in this mix. So, you know, whether that's a legitimate report or not, it's still possible within the next hour or a couple or so that it is ultimately the Saints. We just we wait on confirmation there. Yeah, so the Bills go all in. Von Miller, after getting a Super Bowl win again, leaves. He uh, he leaves, you know, to go to a, a very strong AFC team. Uh, I got to think the AFC just continues to get better and better and better. And now this may defensively put them over the top, bringing in a guy like Von Miller. Give me your thoughts on uh, the Bills getting him. You know, I, I wrote about this at USA Today when it went down last night, that this is a case of a team going all in on what was already a strength. Because you look at – 
from a you know, percentage standpoint, the Bills got pressure on 38.5% of their dis- defensive snaps last year. That was most in the NFL. And that was with Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham and Jerry Hughes and Oliver. You know, they added Tim Settle. They added Taquan Jones with the defensive tackle spot to free agency. Now you go out and get Vaughn Miller, who, you know, when I was rewatching his season on film last night, right in that piece, you still see his ability off the edge to get pressure, his ability off the edge to win one-on-ones, whether it's out on the outside with speed to the inside or through the tackle with power. It would also really impress me by watching him, what he did against the run. You know, when you watch mm-hmm. those games against the Niners at the end, you know, the NFC Championship game, even their final game of the season, his ability to set the edge to get tackles for a loss at an extremely high level. And I know, look, rushing the passer, getting sacks, that moves the needle. But when you think about, okay, you're going to play New England twice. We saw what New England was last year offensively. They were a run-first team. New England ran all over them that weird, windy Monday night game. Now you get a guy in Devon Miller who, while he can also rush the passer, helps you set that edge, helps kick plays back to the inside where now you have those defensive tackles you've added along with Starla Tuilole and, and, and Oliver. I mean, this is a very good defense now. And like you sort of said, the AFC looks really good right now. I mean, whether it's the AFC West and how that division looks, whether it's now what the Bills are doing, the AFC looks like a really tough conference. Talking with Mark Schofield of the NFL Wire, at Mark Schofield is where you can find him over on Twitter. So I want to go back to Green Bay. I know that uh, there's a lot of consternation now because you're waiting to find out what they're going to do with Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander as well, and how they're going to handle those contracts and contract extension. The Packers are up against the cap. What else do you feel? Uh, Because I look at the Green Bay Packers and I think uh, there's probably three areas that they need to improve, probably through the draft. They're going to go for wide receiver, defensive line help, and maybe an outside edge rusher. And other than that, I think they're pretty strong. But what do you feel the Packers need to do? Yeah, I mean, I I think those are the areas where I would hit. I mean, I I do think you need to add a receiver. It's it's a very good deep receiver class. I mean, when you're looking at where the Packers might want to expend that draft capital and you're thinking about, okay, well, you've got picks, you know, on all three days. How do you want to allocate those resources? You know, the pick of 28, I think you might find an edge there. The Purdue edge, George Kalfidis, he seems to be sliding a little bit. I just did a mock draft that went up today where that's what I had the Packers doing with that pick of 28 because it seems like Trayvon Walker from Georgia, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, they're kind of moving up. And he slotted back a little bit. It used to be that it was Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, and then George Kalfidis as the one, two, three edge of this class, put them in whatever order you want. It seems like Kalfidis is sliding, and you've got Johnson and Walker coming up. He could be there at 28. That would be a good option. And then when you think about receiver at 59, at 92, you might have options available to you. So those are areas where I think they could certainly address, you know, edge, wide receiver is certainly something that they can do defensive tackle also another thing that they could perhaps address get somebody you know alongside Kenny Clark and you look at options at the draft at this position certainly we know the names you know Devonta Wyatt Jordan Davis from uh, Georgia if those two players are available then those will be ideal guys but I don't know if they're going to slide all the way to 28 maybe a Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma who's getting some first round buzz at a really good senior bowl week he probably slides out of the first round. He could be an option for them at 59. And so they'll have options with those first three picks, the one at 28, the one at 59, and the one at 92, to address those positions. And they should be able to find good players because the positions that they need, those are some positions that have some depth in this class. Thankfully, they don't need to address quarterback because 
that's one of the position groups that's thin to begin with and kind of thins out pretty quickly. Uh, I want to ask you also, uh, with Rodgers coming back, will there be much talk of, say, a guy like Jordan Love and teams calling, do you think? And I and I said this to, earlier today. I said, look, if teams are not calling to get a hold of Jordan Love, you know, and I don't know who is and who isn't. I haven't heard a lot of rumors about Jordan Love's name being tossed around other than maybe what his value would be once Aaron Rodgers signed. But I would look at it as, is that somewhat of an indictment that the Packers took a guy that really not a lot of teams want? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, that's certainly one way to look at it. Uh, you do get the sense that when Rodgers signed the extension, or when it was reported that he had agreed to an extension with the Packers, that most people are like, oh, well, then Jordan Love is going to get X, Y, or Z on the trading market. And then teams seem to have moved, the NFL seems to have moved in a different direction towards the Carson Wentz's, the Mitchell Trubisky, Garoppolo's, and certainly the Watson piece is something we're all sort of waited on. Maybe we get some corollary moves once the Watson trade goes down. And so it, it does feel like there's not that much of a market for him, which is a little bit surprising given that he was a first-round pick. He was viewed pretty highly in that class. There were some that had him up along with Justin Herbert and Tuatango Iloa and Joe Burrow in that draft class. He obviously slid to where he did in the first round. And so, you know, you do sort of wonder, does the league look at what he did on film in college, look at what he did in his lone start and think, you know what? There are just better options here in terms of veterans or maybe even in this rookie class than Jordan Love. So, you know, it, it's somewhat surprising given the draft capital that was expended when they drafted him and the trade-up to go get him. But the league might just sort of view him as, okay, well, we have better options if we have to go down the quarterback acquisition road. Who do we look at as the strongest team coming out of the AFC and the strongest team in the NFC as, as things stand right now? I mean, it's uh, I really like what Buffalo has done. You know, I, I think the, the Vaughn Miller acquisition, some of the other stuff, adding the two defensive tackles, I really think they put themselves in position to be a very good football team on the AFC. And, you know, obviously the AFC looks very stout, but I think what Buffalo has done is very good. And I think with Green Bay, Tampa Bay, when you get those two quarterbacks, those two number 12s coming back, that certainly helps. I know, yes, the Los Angeles Rams are coming off of Super Bowl, but now you've lost Vaughn Miller and, you know, maybe Super Bowl handovers, things like that. I look at Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Obviously, Green Bay, as we talked about, they've got to figure out the Devontae Adams piece here. But those two teams have certainly helped themselves when you get those two quarterbacks back because this is a quarterback-driven league. When you have guys like that at the helm, under center, provided they're healthy, you've got a shot, particularly in what looks to be a thinner conference overall than the AFC. Great stuff as always, Mark. We certainly appreciate it, and uh, we will talk again soon as things continue to matriculate in the NFL, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great afternoon. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our buddy Mark Schofield of the NFL Wire. You can find his stuff there. Uh, it's a sad note, but Michigan is going to advance. 28 seconds remaining, 74-63. They are beating Colorado no! State. Yeah. No! And their shooting sucks. Uh, they were out hustled by Michigan in the second half, and their shooting woes were notable, uh, just awful. So they, uh, for the game, they did not shoot the ball uh, very well. I mean, Michigan only shot 28% beyond the, beyond the arc. They actually shot 36.4, but uh, Roddy kept taking shots. He was one for six. Tanya was 0 for four. Uh, beyond the arc, uh, and then you had Jacobs coming off the bench, who was firing him up and bricking him off. He was over three, so they just did, did not did not shoot the ball very well. Did not get a lot of good looks, 
And uh, as a matter of fact, David Roddy just fouled out. 74-63, Michigan by uh, by 11 uh, with 16 seconds remaining. And they're going to advance in the NCAA tournament. So my first game right out of the shoot. not only is it disappointing, but it also goes as a loss for me, Ben. Not feeling good about that. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, when should I start the narrative that Michigan paid to be in the tournament? Uh, you can start that now. I Look, I would feel better about Michigan if uh, Juwan Howard wasn't on the sidelines coaching. Oh, I'd, I'd love Phil Martelli. I was raised you know, to I, yeah, fans I'd that were St. Joe's about, fans. Right, I'd feel better about that. But uh, it is over. It's official. 75-63, Michigan gets the win. The first game is in the books in the NCAA tournament. They ended up upsetting a semi-upset, the 11 seed, Michigan. Upsets the 6 seed, Colorado State. And the Big Ten, their first contest, they advanced, and they will then face the winner of Tennessee and Longwood. Uh, Tennessee being the 3 seed, Longwood being the 14 seed. That's where Michigan's run comes to an end uh, when they face Tennessee. But nevertheless, that's the way things went down. Uh, just moments ago. So you've got some other games that are in progress. 50 to, uh, 54, uh, 54, 47, Providence over South Dakota State, 24-17. And by the way, that's uh, 522 left to go in the game there. 24-17 early on, Memphis beating Boise, 602 left to go in the first half. Baylor quickly 21-10 over Norfolk State uh, with 12:45 to go in the first half. And uh, the only one that's in the books is Michigan. Now, coming up next, you're going to have, coming up here in about 15 minutes, Longwood and Tennessee will get underway. Then you got the Richmond Spiders, uh, the 12 seed. That's that dreaded uh, 12-5 matchup, 5-12 matchup. Going to take on Iowa. Gonzaga gets underway with Georgia State. And then uh, you at 3.30 Central Time, Marquette and North Carolina get underway at Dickey's Arena down in Fort Worth, Texas. So, that's the way things go. Uh, so there you go. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Come back. we got a lot more to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Don't forget a Quick Trip. You can still get yourself registered by downloading the app, getting some extra scratches. Download that app and get yourself registered to win the 2022 Chevy Tahoe. And if you get one of those hot take-home meals or a Coke product or a smart water, you increase your chances by getting additional scratches to win that Chevy Tahoe, that beautiful Chevy Tahoe. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show, we continue on. We are glad you're with us. Uh, the NCAA tournament underway. Michigan gets a win. 75-63, they knock off Colorado State, the sixth seed, the 11 seed Michigan, who many thought they should have been in a play-in game, including yours truly. They uh, get a mild upset early on. The 11 seed over the sixth seed, 75-63. Other games in progress. Providence, the four seed, 56-47, South Dakota State just simply not going away in this one. 358 remaining there. 27-19, Memphis, the nine seed over Boise State as of right now. Uh, that's uh, 357 left to go in the first half there. Uh, you've got Baylor, 27-10 over Norfolk State. 
10.44 left to go in the first half. Coming up next, Longwood in Tennessee. Tennessee, the three seed. Longwood being the 14th seed. They're going to get underway. Then you've got number five, Iowa, out of the Big Ten, taking on the Richmond Spiders coming up a little after 2 o'clock Central Time. The game we're paying attention to today is at number nine, Marquette, taking on number eight, North Carolina, Dickey's Arena, Fort Worth, Fort Worth Texas. That game gets underway approximately 3.30. Central time. So that's how things stand in the NCAA tournament as it got underway just moments ago. Um, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free to do so. Uh, This is from Michael. Michael says, you bring up a good point about Jordan Love. If nobody's calling for his services with this market being what it is, don't you have to admit that Gudikins made a mistake? Yeah, I think you do. If I mean, again, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I mean, there could be calls. We, you know, you would assume that word would leak out that somebody somewhere in some, some way, shape, or form or is is looking at this saying, you know, that, hey, Jordan Love, we, we made a couple of calls to the Packers or we made a call to the Packers and Jordan Love was not available or what, you know, what is somebody offering for Jordan Love? What is his market value? Uh, the Packers, look, if somebody calls up and says, hey, we'll give you a fourth-round draft choice. Would you be interested in parting with him? Maybe, you know, if the pack, the Packers aren't going to leak it out, if their guy's only getting a third or fourth round draft choice, because that would mean for a guy that they traded up in the first round to get that nobody thinks that highly of the guy. Nobody thought that highly of the guy. You know, poor, I, and Jordan Love didn't, didn't deserve any of this. He didn't want to be thrust into the spotlight with a pick from the Packers. He didn't want to be, you know, traded up for in the first round. He didn't, none of that, you know, he didn't ask for all of that. Uh, and he certainly has, when he comes into a game, he comes into a game, whether it's preseason or regular season, with all kinds of prove-it pressure on him. Not that any other quarterback doesn't, but because of the guy that he's trying to fill the shoes of, or at least at the time was, comes in with a ton of eyes upon him. We all know that. So uh, he didn't ask for any of this, but that being said, if nobody's calling, then yeah, you're right. That And as I said earlier, that would be somewhat of an indictment uh, of the draft choice of jumping up in the draft to get the services of Jordan Love. And remember, when you you think about that, in, in that sense, you would then say um, that if if team, well, again, you might have to wait for the Deshaun Watson, you know, domino to fall, and then other teams might start looking. But uh, you would assume that if nobody's calling at all, and even, you know, like Tennessee and other teams were reported to, to be going after his services. Now, since then, they've changed quarterbacks and, and things aren't the same from when he was drafted. But you look at some of those teams, and you're like, man, if nobody else is going after that, I mean, you know, come on. By the way, uh, Ben, did you catch what happened in the Michigan game? That Michigan won? Did you see with 32 seconds remaining, up 11, Michigan called timeout? No, I did not. Didn't you notice that? I, I turned it off. Yeah. Oh, I'm with, glad you were 32, 32 seconds to go, up 11, Michigan called timeout. So does that mean that Coach Medved can walk up to Juwan Howard and punch him? Oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to tweet this right now. This is, this, this information needs to be talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I, to me, if I'm in the postgame press, I'm asking a question. You got pissed about this. This is what you did. Shouldn't you then 
Be upset oh, with yourself? I, I think I remember what it was. One of the Michigan players had the ball on the baseline and was falling out of bounds. Okay. But we was could that start that narrative. I think it's, that's it's, what it was. I see, I see Dan Dockage laughing at it, and uh, Clay Travis and others have made a mention of it over on Twitter. I did not notice that specific play, so I couldn't honestly tell you, but they're talking about it. And I thought, okay, I'd have to go back and watch the end of that game. And I, I don't have time to do that sitting here on the air. But it was like, okay, wait a minute. Now, Eli Brooks got bound, was kind of trapped, falling out of bounds, and called timeout to the ref. And he called timeout. Right okay, well, then that's forgivable. Then that's forgivable. But Which yeah, sucks. I was. I wish it was Jawan Howard. That would have been hilarious. And I know Dockage can't stand Michigan either, so it might be skewed watching Dan Dockage's Twitter account. But I can't yeah. really stand him, frankly. Right. I know. Uh, there's not a lot of people that can, but but I, I like Dan. Dan has always been. And you know what, though? He's been extremely fair to Wisconsin. He really likes Coach Guard, too. But he's he's also an outspoken guy. He pisses a lot of people off. I understand that. Um, 877-867-1670. Kathy says, uh, why is everybody complaining about Aaron Rodgers coming back and the money? Let's just be happy he's back and we still have opportunities to win. Kathy, I couldn't agree more. I said that uh, no matter what you say, personality-wise, whatever, you know, I the football player still gives you the best chance to win. 100% agree. Um, Mark says you can't hate the players because of the coach. Um... No, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't hate the players. You can hate the program. You can't stand the coach, but I don't hate the players. I don't want them to win. It doesn't make the it doesn't it doesn't alleviate my animosity towards Michigan University. It just doesn't. But it, it I don't I don't hate the players. I think the best so. way to spin all of this, and this is what I'm going to go off when they win another game inevitably, reach the Sweet 16, that Phil Martelli would have taken them further in the tournament anyway. So, yeah, it's good okay. that Juwan Howard's back as coach. Yeah, no matter what they do, even if they win a title, we will say Phil Martelli would have won it by more. Agreed. Exactly. <laughs> This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Mel Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin and well beyond the borders. And if you are uh, having issues with that, you know you're one of those people. You know it. You're living, living, learning, love it. Well, you don't love it. You hate it. But you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, you also look at, uh, you know, uh, by, you know, you look at our friends at New Mel Medical and you call them. You call them up and say, hey, I've got some issues. They got a 98% success rate at treating guys with ED, 98%, and they can help you out. All you got to do is call 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Give them a shout, and uh, they can help you out also with the all-in-one weight loss program or with low T. If you call them up, uh, low T issues, and you're moody, you're sluggish, you're you know dragging, they can help you out there as well. So just give them a shout, 414 455 Five one. That's our friends from the New Mail Medical Center. You can't do anything if you don't call them. Give them a shout. Four one four four five five 
four four five one couple of segments yet to go we'll come back it's caught up on everything that's going on around college hoops as far as the tournament goes uh we'll get you caught up on all the scores and such and uh, we are still licking a little bit of our wounds as we were all rooting against michigan but they pulled off the win the minor upset over colorado state and uh, got the win just a little while ago stay tuned more of the bill michael show coming up next Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad to have you. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. A couple of segments to go on this St. Patrick's Day, this March Madness Day. This day in which uh, one sleeve of Girl Girl Scout cookies made its way into my tummy. Loving it. Uh, Speaking of good things making their way into your tummy, uh, that would be our friends at Wrestling Taco. The Wrestling Taco, 84th Street, just south of uh, State Fair Park. Stop in, and uh, Marcus is usually in the kitchen. Nicole's usually behind the bar. On a day like today, you go get some tacos, maybe green tacos, who knows. Get yourself a margarita. If you choose to do so. Otherwise, you can always go in on Guinness. And uh, they've got these big theater seats in front of their big, I think it's like 85-inch screen TV on the wall. Go get the theater seats, sit down, eat some tacos, enjoy your day. Watch some of the tournament. Great way to go. Great great destinational spot. That's the Wrestling Taco on 84th Street, just south just south of the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Otherwise, you can look for the giant, I think they got a giant uh, Guinness trailer out in the parking lot of Stoley's Hog Alley right there in Summit off of 94. You can't miss it. Go on, on this warm St. Patrick's Day. Go get your picture taken in the giant Stoley's chair. Excuse me. They have all kinds of food and uh, really good beverages right now. I just saw their picture over on Facebook. That's, remi- that's what reminded me. So check out uh, Jeff and Alicia and everybody at Stoley's Hog Alley today, too, if you're out and about. Good stuff. This one's from uh, this one's from Archie, who says, what about Allen Robinson, the wide receiver from the Chicago Bears? Wouldn't he look good in green and gold? Allen Robinson still has not signed. As far as I know, right? He hasn't signed with anybody, Ben, right? Correct. Do you know? I didn't think so. Um, I, I First of all, I agree with you. He would look good. Uh, I think he's still under the age of 30, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's 28, 29, something like that. And uh, he, he's he been really solid for the Bears. Um, they rank him pretty high, too. If I remember correctly, when they were ranking all of the free agents, he was up there. I think he might have even been top 10. I just don't think I don't think the Packers can afford him. You can't go after him. You don't have any money. Not until you get – this is what's so detrimental – about Devontae Adams and where the Packers are at is that, say, Adams decides, you know what, um, like, you know, much like Pete Doherty said, that there's no way he's going to get more than 65 to $70 million guaranteed. Okay, well, the rumor was he was looking for 100 even more maybe. Okay, so if that's what he was looking for, there's no way they're going to sign him. So you got him for the franchise tag, and the, the number is what it is. But if you could sign him, Get that 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 salary number down, push some of that guaranteed money down the road, get him some signing bonus early and get a low cap hit and save maybe ten million dollars a year. That'd be huge. Because that that then would propel you into say the Jair Alexander deal, 
get that deal done, save yourself some more money there, maybe you could go get a guy like Robinson. I don't think you can. I think he's going to demand too much money, actually, on the open market by the time it's all said and done. There's DJ Chark as well. Uh, but I think he signed a one-year deal with uh, the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's going to the Lions, if I read correctly. But there's really not a lot of you know, high-end wide receivers that are sitting out there right now uh, that have not been scooped up by others. Um, so uh, I'm not a big fan of Juju Smith-Schuster, by the way. I know he's young, but... Uh, he, yeah, he's he, he's got that shoulder injury. Just he didn't play a lot last year. He's he's always been self-proclaimed, um, I, I, in my opinion, better than what he is. I still think he's good. He's got good speed, but he he still does not does not impress me. Overly impress me. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, and uh, this is the other one from from Jason, who says uh, the other guy that's out there is Odell Beckham Jr. If you take a flyer on him, you could get him for a lot less money. But coming back from the torn ACL, he tore it in the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, he's going to – you're talking at least November, December before you probably even get him. He might be a guy you can just pick up off the scrap heap as the season goes on. I certainly wouldn't invest in him now. I think it'd be crazy. Be crazy to do it. Um, so, and that, that leaves your options relatively low right now for the wide receiver position. There's some other guys, maybe outside linebacker or an outside pass rusher you might be able to find. But other than that, I'm, there's not a whole lot out there that you're thinking to yourself, man, I have to have this. By the way, Marcus Mariota. Do, how old do you think Marcus Mariota is, Ben? 28. Well, you must have looked. Yeah, he's 28. I didn't look. You didn't? Not at all. Okay. He's 28. Hasn't it seemed like Marcus Mariota's been in the league for 20 years? Oh, man. I, I was so excited to get Chip Kelly to trade the entire farm to have him in his offense before he flamed out and showed everyone yeah. that he was a bad coach. Uh, it just, Marcus Mariota seems like he's been in the league for 20 years. And just, he's been a career backup. Um, you know, the last year it would look like he was going to be somewhat of in a hybrid role for the, uh, for the Raiders, but just, I, I saw his name pop today. I'm like, yeah, he's still around. And then I looked, he's only 28 years old. He's the oldest, oldest 28 year old guy I can think of. Same it's age like, as wow. Jameis, right? Jameis, what, Winston? I think so. Yeah. 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 But I just I, I was like, wow, you talk about a a name that just faded off into as Mike Tyson would say, Bolivia. <laughs> uh Casey says, What do you think Marquez Valdez scaling is gonna get on the open market? And if he doesn't get what he wants, does he come back to the Green Bay Packers? I that's a great question. It, here's here's something to think about when it comes to MVS. First of all, he's got speed. So anytime you have serious speed, you're gonna get you're gonna get looks. There's two things that are in play here. One is, what are people gonna look at and say, yeah, you were prolific downfield, but it was because Aaron Rodgers got you the ball, or on the opposite side, you could say you didn't get a lot of pass opportunities, 
because Aaron Rodgers didn't look for anybody else other than Devontae Adams. I don't know how to take Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, obviously, general managers are going to know. They're going to look at him, and then you're going to find out his value. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't get what he wanted on the open market and may come back and try to bolster his numbers on a on a couple-year deal, one- or two-year deal with uh, the Packers since he does know the system and Aaron Rodgers sang his praises. But this whole thing that was written about MVS was this trust issue with Aaron Rodgers, and he needs to be trusted, it's, it, which bothers me because I'm thinking – what new coming, one incoming wide receiver is going to immediately earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers? And quite frankly, I don't care. If Again, I go back to if Rodgers continues to do the same thing in the postseason and will not look at guys that are open because he, quote, doesn't trust them and it's detrimental to the team if we've seen in the last two years in the past, then not getting to a Super Bowl is going to be on Rodgers more than anything if it doesn't work out. In that scenario, okay, there's other things that can happen, but in that scenario. But, yeah, I I, I don't know what he's going to be worth on the open market. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we will get into the uh, the tournament scores. You've got Tennessee and Longwood getting ready to uh, get underway. They're going to tip off here in a couple of minutes. That is at Gainbridge Fieldhouse down in Indianapolis. Uh, then a little after 2 o'clock, the Richmond Spiders, the 12-5 matchup, going to be taken on the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, and then so on and so forth. And the game we're going to be paying attention to later today at 3.30 Central Time, number 9 Marquette on the road against North Carolina at Dickey's Arena in Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. Stay tuned for that as well. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hey, reminder, our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals, they are still, even though uh, basketball is prevalent right now, they're still sprinting towards a Calder Cup. For tickets, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, especially on those Fish Fry Fridays. Those uniforms are fantastic. Fantastic. Um, let's get you caught up uh, on the uh, on the scores uh, that are going on right now. Baylor, 24, or, uh, 41-24 over Norfolk State. Uh, right now, they have 115 left to go in the first half there. Tennessee and Longwood just now tipped off. Uh, Michigan, and I hate, I hate, I gave them props. I rip them all the time, but I gave them props. 75-63, their defense pretty much shut down and frustrated Colorado State, and the sixth seed falls to the 11th seed, 75-63. Providence, uh, it looked like South Dakota State, who came storming back, uh, made it a game, but then Providence quit screwing around and uh, ultimately put them away, 66-57. So Providence gets a win right now in the tournament. I'm 1-1 one one overall. Memphis, Boise State. Uh, Memphis uh, over Boise State right now, 38-19 at the half. Memphis over Boise State right now at the half. And uh, that's the way things line up. Coming up a little bit later on, Iowa hosting Richmond. 
Then at uh, 315 today, the number one Bulldogs of Gonzaga taking on Georgia State. And uh, Marquette will be taking on North Carolina 3 o'clock or 3.30 Central Time today. So keep that in mind as well. And then it kind of goes on from there. By the way, um, so the Pfizer Forum, the staff at the Pfizer Forum, they have less than an hour on uh, Friday tomorrow to usher the fans out the door from the first NCAA tournament game and get it ready for the second NCAA tournament game and get spectators through the security screenings and then back in. And if anything's going to go to schedule, it'd be great. But it sounds like a situation fraught with the potential for delays and irritated fans. That's what happened three years ago on the same timeline at a different venue. So the schedule, uh, by the way, is worked out by the NCAA TV partners from Turner Sports. They gave Milwaukee the first-round games, the tightest turnaround between sessions, with two hours, 50 minutes between the start time for the second and third games of the day. The shortest of the first four games played Tuesday and Wednesday was two hours and 15 minutes. So it's going to be a nightmare. So if you're going in the game and wanting to see the Badgers, you could end up standing outside waiting for the turnaround while you've got uh, those fans exiting and other fans waiting to get in. So just kind of keep that in mind going to the game. Uh, and uh, Wisconsin being that, uh, you know, the, the last game of the day. The last game of the day at the Pfizer Forum against Colgate scheduled to tip off at 850 Central Time, a first-round site in Hartford, Connecticut, in 2019 using the same timing, had the last game start at 9-10, which was 10-10 Eastern Time, because of the the delays earlier in the day. So it's I think it's going to require some patience at the Pfizer Forum and the turnaround that you're about to face if you're going to the contest uh, down there tomorrow. So, Ben, what do you got going on this weekend? You're coming to uh, Milwaukee uh, to be near the atmosphere at the Pfizer Forum uh, tomorrow night, correct? Yeah, Friday night we're going to come down after work ends over here. And then, I don't know, Saturday, if the weather's nice, we might hang around and play golf, but it's looking bad. So I'll probably sit on my couch for eight hours, nine hours on Saturday. Uh, and then right. Sunday we are playing golf for the first time this year. Where are you playing golf at? A place called Door Creek. It's it's near us in Madison. Okay. So uh, so, so you're going back to Madison, what, on, on Friday night? Probably, no, on Saturday. On Saturday, okay. staying over at a friend's house. Um, my game okay. is in absolute shambles, by the way. My buddy went down to uh, hit balls um, uh, down to the driving range to hit balls yesterday and the day before. And you know how you start out? You hit a seven iron, then you hit a five iron, then you hit a three iron, then you hit your three wood, then you hit your driver. Oh, I can't hit a three iron, but yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, he works it backwards. Uh, seven iron was great. Five iron was okay. By the time he got to the driver... Uh, he, where he practices, it's, uh, an upper and lower, you know, so you can hit off the top or hit off the bottom and the bottom ones are enclosed in, in concrete. It's not just those little wings that are between each tee box. Each tee box area is enclosed in concrete and then you scoot the mat sideways so you don't hit the wall. Uh, he hit one off the toe which went straight out in front of him and bounced off the wall and almost came back and hit him in the junk. <laughs> so I was on that uh, same yeah. wave. So I, yeah. I, I feel his pain. He, uh, he, he said it, it went through his legs and then came back and hit him in the back of the leg. It went bang, 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 and then got him that quick uh, as he took a swing and hit the tip of it. It hit the wall in front of him. 
banged off of the concrete wall and came back through his legs, hit off the wall behind him, and then as it came back, it ricocheted back and got him right in the back of the uh, the thigh. So he he uh, he almost took one right to the uh, right to the fun zone <laughs> from an from an errant golf shot. Tell you what, I'll be lucky uh, to break one twenty on Sunday. Really? I've decided that this is the year I'm going to become a good putter. Just I I don't know how, yeah. but I'm I'm just going to become like Kevin Kisner. It's just great. Putting, putting is all feel. It's all feel. It's all feel and read. And the one thing that I always keep in mind when putting is all I'm trying to do is to putt. You know, and and what happens is is when you think about that, you end up putting hard and going far beyond the hole. And you end up leaving yourself with a two putt back. So I, I all, but all I try to do is two. My goal is to two putt. But what I started doing was, and I ended up going to a golf coach who got at me and really kind of focused on my putting was, I put a weight between my hands, flat weight, and I never grip it. I just put it between my hands and I move my my arms and my shoulder like a pendulum. So that way, one never works without the other. You're never like pulling the club through with a hand, and you're never pushing it through with a hand or a shoulder or what have you. But I keep my arms, you know, like a pendulum. And then in addition to that, it was always you go straight for or short of the hole. Don't ever hit past. And I know some people don't like that, but it really did. It improved my game dramatically because until you're right on it, you got a great feel. You're trying to just barely get to the hole and then tap in for two. That's Because that's all your goal should be. Uh, and then once you get past that, then you get into enough of a feel where you're just trying to drain them from from all over the place but it, it really helped my my game big time all right got a lot of march madness a lot of st patrick's day shenanigans to get to and i think we're all going to be a little maybe hung over tomorrow i'm not sure but uh, we'll see but tomorrow on the second day of the ncaa tournament good stuff kenny and heilprin by the way talking a lot of badger coming up tonight kenny and heilprin on the zone out in Madison and on many of these same streaming capabilities. Look for that as well. Ben Kenny, Zach Halper, they're going to go at it. Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.